0: everybody come with everybody come everybody come everybody Red Podcast with your hosts Ryan Hackman and Giancarlo Campos. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Giancarlo, and you're listening to episode number five of the B Red Podcast. Alongside with me is my co-host, my severely underpaid Scotty Pippen, Ryan Hackman. Ryan, where can they
1: find you on Twitter at j twenty three s n k I know that's a lot, but at J23SNKRHEAD, you should be able to find it pretty awesome. quickly. That's right.
0: Just sneak your head, folks. Just sneak your head. Yep. Uh, we also have a special guest today, friend of the
2: show, David Cohen. David, my guy, where can they find, find you? It. Um, I mean, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can go at uh, Cohen7733. That's uh, C-O-H-E-N seven seven three three and uh yeah awesome awesome he always has good
0: content always sharing the best sports articles and always has the best opinions so definitely follow him i don't know but i usually (laughs) they're pretty solid they're pretty solid um, yeah but as always thanks for tuning in like share and subscribe and follow us follow us follow us so we have a jam-packed show today we haven't done a show in about three months and for good reason as many of you know well if you don't know you've been living under a rock uh you know covid19 hit and it knocked out pro sports and with that it knocked out our podcast but we're back and better than ever so with that being said a quick apology to our listeners but we're ready to go and here we are so i wanted to go over a few things with everyone um the mba is getting ready getting ready to ramp back up and they have a proposed return um let me run this by you guys and let me know what you guys think. Okay. So the tentative proposal as of right now indicates that on July 1st, all the way to July 9th, um, the NBA is going to resume with 22 teams. We'll go over those teams in a moment. Um, they're going to do individual workouts for during that duration of time. Then on July 7th and 8th, they're going to go to Disney. Okay. In Buena Vista, Florida. Um, and they have a remote location where they want to try to have minimal contact uh, between the athletes, coaches, and family members, Um, at which point on July 21st, they are going to begin scrimmaging. July 30th through August 14th, they will then uh, start playing games, and they will try to organize the seating for the 22 teams, it will be 11 teams from the East and 11 teams from the West. Now, should there be a necessity for a play-in game, they will do that on August 15th and August 16th. If there isn't a necessity, the playoffs will begin on August 17th. Okay, at which point, once the August, be- uh, the I'm sorry, once the playoffs begin, uh, they will go all the way until September 13th. At which point, they will then reach the conference finals, and the proposed end of the season will occur between. October 11th, and October 13th. What do you guys think about this proposed plan? I know I just gave you guys a lot of information, and I know there could be a ton of changes or uh, halts in this process. What do you guys think so far of what the proposed and MBA uh, resuming uh, plan
1: is? Well, with what is happening right now, it's something that's better than nothing. It's not perfect, but I think it's the best that we can do for a phrase. But having basketball return, I was talking to people on social media in between when this lockdown happened, and some people were telling me that they think thought that there was going to be no NBA season, we're just going to end the season and start the regular season like it does in October but I, I'm glad to see that the week is going to be back in late July. And it's going to be – once the week starts getting uh, in action and moving, I think it's going to – we're going to see people get more comfortable as time goes by. Obviously, athletes will be – the shakiness from not playing will show, at least for a while. But
2: it is where it is. Yeah, I um... – Obviously, nobody really has a, there is no blueprint to this. It's everybody's just kind of flying by the seat of their pants. And, you know, I think it's actually a pretty good plan. Uh, you want to get, the, what we don't want anybody to, uh, we don't want like teams like the Bucks or the Lakers or the Clippers to be caught flat footed in round one if we were to just start the playoffs. So obviously we want a little bit of a ramp up as well as, you know, let's be honest, the the league wants Zion and Brandon Ingram and the Pelicans. They want them to at least get a shot in the playoffs. If, if John Morant and Jaron Jackson can, uh, you know, withstand them and uh, keep the, the, playoff, the playoff spot that they earned, good for them. But... Um, they they want to be able to give teams like uh, as well as the Trailblazers. The the Blazers have a, they got a lot of stars and they got a good team. And uh, let
0: me you know. let me stop you there. Let me stop you there. Let's springboard. So you're talking a little bit about the different teams that are, are in the turning. And you know, let's go into those teams. There's 22 teams. Um, let's go over them. Uh, so here is the proposed teams as of right now, and it shouldn't change because this is based on where the teams finished uh, going in or in the regular season. So the Milwaukee Bucks the Toronto Raptors, the Boston Celtics, the Miami Heat, the Indiana Pacers, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Orlando Magic, and the Wizards. Those are the teams from the East. Uh, I'm sorry, from the West. Um, Yeah, yeah, okay. And then on the Eastern Conference, the LA Lakers, the LA Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Houston Rockets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Memphis Grizzlies, The Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, as you mentioned, the Kings, the San Antonio Spurs and the Phoenix Suns from the West. Okay, so that's really proposed teams. And honestly, it's a lot of teams. It could go a bunch of different ways. And and you're right. You know, the league does want the storylines. You can already see the storylines they want. They want the best and the brightest. Ready to go.
2: That's why the Wizards are there, just to give them a chance. Just to, so that way the Eastern Conference playoffs aren't just like set in stone. And anything can happen. Heck, what's your opinion
0: on potentially one of the lower seeds taking down a big seed? Let's say, you know, God forbid, LeBron gets sick. Or, you know, Giannis gets sick. Or just one of these big name, you know, high-profile players gets sick. Or a few of the guys get sick. And here come the Wizards and they make some noise. What's your opinion on that? Does that – is it still a legitimate championship if a bunch of teams start having a bunch of, you know, pseudo-injuries or, you know, the sickness is rampant in the
1: league? Is it still a legit championship to you? Well, injuries, unfortunately, in any sport are part of the game. And if the Lakers were to lose LeBron or the Bucs were to lose Giannis due to injury, that would hurt their chances of winning a championship by all objective standards. But playing a game like basketball any sport, there's always risk involved to, to getting injured. And you mentioned, asked about a team that could possibly upset the number one seed. The Memphis Grizzlies could uh, upset, let's say, the Lakers because there was a game earlier between the two teams in Memphis this season, and the Grizzlies beat the Lakers in Memphis and not to say the regular season stuff is indicative of what's to come in the playoffs, but the Grizzlies beat the Lakers on their home court this season, and I think the Grizzlies could be a a sleeper team because you mentioned uh, John Jay Morant; he's explosive. Yeah. He he he, mm-hmm. he can he's basically he there's nothing he can do. He he's he's he can fly as high as he can, and You've seen some of the, those new dunks he's had. He is absolutely explosive, and don't call well, out the Memphis Grizzlies. Well, that's what I like
2: about that. I mean, as somebody who's not usually a fan of the uh, seven-game series in the first round of the playoffs, I like the fact that, especially for this playoffs, it's going to be a seven-game series. So, LeBron – so, or uh, – so the uh lakers can't go down um if they're down two nothing they can still have time to like rally back whereas instead if they're down you know it's uh if in like a five game series or something they they'd be out uh, close to out where like they have time to rally back and actually get their feet footing because i mean yeah john morant and jaron jackson are good but they're you know, yeah, they're, they're no LeBron James and Anthony in the prime of their careers. If the, the, if the, Lakers, if the Lakers lose to the uh, if the Lakers lose to the Grizzlies, unless uh, a key part of their team gets. You know, um, gets tested positive for COVID, they, they deserve to lose. They, they don't deserve so, to be champions.
0: So let me, let me take it like a, like 10 levels too far, but let me ask the question. You brought up something. Yeah. You brought up something right there that, that just super interesting with me. And and with the end of um, the last dance, it really put into perspective how much a legacy is important to me. And I, honestly, as, as a, um, a kid from Chicago that's grown up from Chicago. Um, I, I view Michael Jordan as, as a God among men. I really do. And his legacy is untouchable. If let's say LeBron gets sick, you know, or if he loses somehow to a team he shouldn't lose to or any player, really, but let's go with LeBron. Cause he's, he's the guy who's threatening the throne. You know, does that tarnish his legacy in any way? Does what tarnish his legacy? If, if LeBron was to lose to an eight seed, you know, or, or a low seed in in this, you know, little tournament that the NBA is proposing,
2: does that tarnish his legacy in any way? I mean, he's at such a he he's rated like rated so high in the pantheon of the of the NBA that like the amount of guys that have done what he's done losing in one playoffs off of something like this, there's no, no, that's not going to tarnish his legacy. I mean, he's basically up there with like LeBron and Bill, I mean, with uh, Jordan and Bill Russell and Kareem and magic and Larry Burt. Like it does you, you, you can point to all these guys and point to their worst playoffs and it, it doesn't matter because you can point to their best playoffs and say, that's better than just about everybody else. Yeah. Well. Well, it won't tarnish his legacy. I
1: don't think there's anything at this point that will tarnish LeBron James' legacy. What it will do is if he loses to uh, an eight seed, is it will put to rest the debate MJ versus LeBron. The, the, the debate MJ versus LeBron is still going on, but if he were to lose in the first round, to an eight seed such as the Memphis Grizzlies, I think that would put that debate to rest. In all fairness to LeBron, some of the teams he's played on, he, he's almost single handedly t- taking his team, such as the Cleveland Cavaliers, to to NBA to NBA Finals yes. because of the NBA being such a the Eastern Conference being such a weak was a conference.
0: Yeah. yeah, and let me ask, let me flip it: if he wins, is it a legitimate championship? do you still say, hey, he has his five rings or, you know, if he makes it to six somehow, you still I count mean, this depends. one? Like,
2: if you're saying, like, if he, be, if everything goes according to plan, you know, they win legitimately, absolutely. But if, uh, if like, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis and, uh, you know, if a lot of the top guys test positive and they're out and, like, the, the Lakers win because they're the last men standing – You know a person like me i'm definitely gonna you know be like yeah but i'm definitely you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be like oh man do you remember that title for sure yeah
0: um i'm with you i'm with you completely um i I don't know it's gonna be really interesting just to see how how everything shakes out and you know hopefully hopefully nobody gets sick but you know, you never know. Never know. You yeah. never know. And also, uh, some of these guys are not in shape. I don't know if you've seen some knows? of these guys Instagram. We don't
2: even know if these people – there's probably – I would guarantee you there's at least one or two guys that when they actually test these guys are going to test positive. Like, I don't know if we've tested any of the players. they is, I, mean, I could be wrong because I mean they've had people at their practice facility, but I'm not sure if they've tested any of these players. Like, there's a chance that there's some people that just right off the bat are going to test positive. Yeah, no,
0: you're so right. You're so right. And and with that, the NBA is proposing um, expanded rosters. What was the number? Mm-hmm. I believe 17.
2: I think yeah. I think I saw 17
0: today. So you're going to see some of these like G League guys in there uh, getting some meaningful minutes. I'm sure. Um, if anything goes down and yeah you know it might lead to some rec league level basketball but it's definitely going to be interesting honestly at this point we're all rabid like we're just ready to go and ready to see any kind of sports and i'm extremely excited with that um just springboarding off of all of that do you guys have a favorite team you guys you know you guys have a let me ask you brian you have a team in the east and a team in the west that you think is your favorite and then on the flip side do you have a dark horse
1: Starting with the Eastern Conference, I think it's going to come down to Milwaukee and Toronto. I think it's it's one of the, I think those two teams are going to be the last two standing in the East. And in the Western Conference, I think it's either going to be two, either two or three. You got the Lakers, Clippers, and I think the Denver Nuggets could possibly upset, could be in one of in uh, the Western Conference Finals. As to a an up a dark horse, it, it's hard. It's hard to predict. Right now, I'm not sure. I can think of a, a dark horse a teams in the East right now or in the West. But if you had to ask me, the teams I think are come out of the both conferences, you've got Milwaukee, Toronto and East, and I think it'll be either the Lakers, Clippers, or Nuggets. I just don't know which one. Are the, the, the second one you'll be in a Western Conference?
2: Yeah, it's, it's like a, there's, three t- there's three teams in the top tier. It's the Lakers, the Clippers and the Bucks, and then everybody else below that. I'm going to actually push back on the Toronto, you know, because obviously the fourth team is most likely going to be from the Eastern Conference, and I don't think it's Toronto. I'm putting my money on the, on the, the heat. I think oh, that wow. he, yeah, with uh, with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Eric Spoelstra, and uh, a plethora of role players, including Iguodala, who, who I think very he's underrated. Very underrated. Crowder, am I wrong about that? But no, the, I didn't.
1: Yeah, I believe he's there. Yeah, Tyler Hero did, too. Tyler Hero is a is a guy well, who's going to have Tyler
2: fight. Hero back. Um, Kendrick Nunn, and Dom. Uh, uh, Sorry, Robinson just Yeah, Myers Leonard. It's a loaded team. It's a really good team. Myers Leonard, we forgot about what he did in the, the last, conference yep. finals last year. Like yep. they have a loaded team, and I think that they're kind of I mean, granted they're the fourth seed. I was just checking, I was curious they were the fourth seed, so they might end up facing the Bucks in the second round. But I like them more. I trust them more than the Raptors, even though they're the defending champs. I'm not really the biggest Raptors
0: guy. And, and, you know, honestly, I wasn't the biggest Raptors guy last year when they had Kawhi, so even less now. Big fan of Pascal Siakam. I just don't think they have enough firepower. Um, you know, if the question was posed to me, I would say coming out of the East, it's going to be Milwaukee, and I don't think it's close, if I'm being honest with you. Big respect to your Miami call. I'm a big, big fan of Jimmy Butler and the way he carries himself. Yeah, I'm uh, talking about the conference styles. I'm not talking about Oh, the- okay. Okay, okay. Understood, understood. I, I think Milwaukee takes it on the East, and I think easily, to be honest with you. In the West, I think it stays in LA. I think it stays yeah. in LA, and I'm a big Clippers guy. I really believe it's this is if this is their year. I think they were starting to mesh well. You know, they hadn't played, and when I say they, I, I mean Kawhi Leonard and Paul George I hadn't played too many games together, and it was starting to to finally click. And you know, I, I really think they do it. Um, as far as my Dark Horse team goes, let me let me throw a curveball here to you guys. I am a huge, huge supporter. Um, of the Pelicans. I think that's interesting. is interesting, interesting, yeah, Especially since the to have a
2: first-round uh, number one match within the first round?
0: Yeah. I just think somebody goes out with, with you know, COVID. And this is what we're talking about now. If somebody goes out with COVID, that's a team that can just catch anybody, you know, with the right hook and knock them out. I think that's the kind of team it is. You got Zion, you know, you, you got uh, uh, Drew Holiday, uh, I mean, um, it comes, uh, yep, Ingram it playing the best ball of his career.
2: By the way, just a loaded, loaded team. Lanzo to go with Lanza Ball, JJ Reddick, Josh Hart. Uh, they got loaded. Yeah. I got another team though that I like in the, as a dark horse in the West okay. that. Uh, might not have to face the Lakers because they might be able to squeak in and face the team that's in the number two or three mm-hmm. seed, and that's my team, the Dallas Mavericks, Dallas, yep. because Luca can can be the best player in the playoff series for uh, against most teams. You know, obviously, probably not the Clippers or the Lakers, but against most teams, he could be the best player in the series. They have Rick Carlisle, who's won the championship, is a great coach. Uh, I like Porzingis. I like the role players. I have a feeling that they can turn some heads like if they're facing if, like if, if Denver is the number two. If, if they're facing up against Denver, I'd put my money on uh, Dallas and then you never know. Ryan, what do you think? You got a dark horse? I think a
1: dark horse team in, in, in the West, don't count out the uh, Utah Jazz. I think the Utah Jazz could especially, they may not have, may not have the extra game. Well, in a normal playoff environment, playing in Utah, but playing playing in that arena in Salt Lake City—that's a tough place. That's one of the tougher places to play, even though we're You're not playing we're not, in Salt Lake City. Yeah, I know that. I'm, I'm just saying, it, in if it were in a regular. Yeah, I, 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 I think
0: just it would be, a, it would be definitely an advantage if they were sure. able to do that. Yeah, you know, absolutely. the fact that they can't do it, it's gonna, it's yeah. gonna hurt them a bit. But but definitely a really good team. Um, lastly, just wanted to throw in the Nuggets in there. I think that team is uber talented, and, I, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys seen Jokic lost like forty or fifty pounds in those three months. So it's gonna <laughs> be interesting. To yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays. And, and honestly, I can't wait. I'm so excited to see the NBA. I don't care if it's G League ball. I, I'm ready to watch anything. So. You know, I, I saw two kids the other day playing basketball, and I watched for like half an hour and ten. So I can't wait at all. I can't wait at all. Now, with that being said, we named a bunch of teams that we're interested in watching. Let's name some teams. Uh, well, let's name our team. How about the team that's not in this tournament? The Chicago Bulls. They're not in this in this tournament because, well, let's be honest, they're not a good team. They're, we're in the tournament all the year. One exactly. We've been saying it all year that they're – It's a team in shambles. And and since the last time that we did an episode uh, three months ago, a lot has changed. The entire landscape of the organization for the most part has changed, except for that clown show, Boylan, who's still under contract. But we'll get to that in a moment. What are your guys' thoughts on um, the Bulls' um, hiring of Arturis Sovis? Ryan, what do you think?
1: Before they hired this guy from Denver. I had never heard of him before, but the success, the success he's had when he was with Denver, Denver was kind of a bubble team for a few years. They were kind of a uh, 50-50 team, but he's really helped uh, take that team in Denver and make them a prolific playoff contender. And judging by the success he's had in Denver, I'm hoping that he will take that success here into one of the biggest markets in America, that being Chicago.
2: Yeah, they've given him a lot of credit for drafting Jokic. I mean, who knows how much uh, say he actually had in that. But I'm actually excited. Uh, it seems like a good, fresh face. Uh, I like I liked the fact that he hired Eversley as the GM. It seems like a... It, I like the fact that he he took somebody that that probably meshes, it, uh, mind has a mind mesh with him, but it's not somebody that came from Denver where it's not just like a, a continuation. He's going to find a, a guy that's he, like his guy, yeah. and I hope he does that with the coach, like you said. We still have Boylan. Um, I think you're looking for synergy not for very long, but. Uh, yeah. it, Cause I'm I'm kind of sick, of, but I like the fact that we haven't gone and just hired the next guy. Cause we we had Boylan because he was the next guy, and and then we and before them we had Hoiberg because he was the next guy, and like the last time we actually hired a coach was Tibbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what you're saying is, you know, they
0: they hired a coach for the players that they have as opposed to a system that they haven't built yet. So I get what you're saying, and and, and I think what you were trying to say is you're you're glad that our tourist hired guy who he can have synergy with like uh-huh. yes. so a quick little profile between the two guys we, I really had limited knowledge on our tourist car service all I really knew about him was he was up for the um GM position in Milwaukee uh, a few years back that's oh. all I really knew I didn't really know much else about the guy um in my research and in in and looking into you know more about his background, he's very well versed in overseas basketball. So he's going to bring a different element to the M well, to the, the Bulls um, that they've been severely lacking. Now, granted, they've had a few players um, dating all the way back to the Tony Kukoc days, and then all the way to the Nico Miritich days, where they do come from overseas. Um, but that kind of branding, I think, um, is is extremely valuable um, to for the Bulls' name, and also I think. In a larger picture, having a guy like that may help sway guys like Kristaps um, Porzingis, who he has a great relationship with, or like Nico, or, or like um, Jokic, to potentially come to a city like Chicago in free agency because they all grew up alongside or at least seen um, Karnasovis. I know Siakam knows Karnasovas really well, so it is Eversley, who is another guy high profile guy who has been up four different GM positions over the last few years. And it was just a matter of time. I'm really happy to be able to read that these guys are really pretty much. They said, I don't know how these guys haven't been hired yet, but around the league, everyone's pretty much been clamoring and saying, Hey, these hirings are, you know, top notch and the bulls really you know hit one out of the park on these ones. And it's, it's good to
1: see when it comes to uh to boywin you were mentioning uh, him i I've become more convinced than ever that he was basically a placeholder coach he was he was basically uh, one between yeah Hoyberg and then and then I think he was kind of a placeholder coach that I don't think they were m- mean to have him for an extended period of time and, and we'll talk about about who should be the Bulls head coach if it's not Boylan? Because that's that's going to be a big decision to be made as well by the. Let's, front let's get into that really quickly. My my, I'm a big Joe Colley
0: guy, and if you guys know, he's a writer for the Sun Times, and he just eviscerates the Bulls any chance he gets, honestly. So Colley's, yeah, Colley's opinion of it, and I, and he's no one really has a better um, vision of exactly what's going on over than him. Let's be real, mm-hmm. that guy's connected sure. better than anybody. His whole vision is that it's just a sinking ship, and it's a bunch of rats on a sinking ship. And the whole Boylan thing was kind of uh, hiring, uh, like out of a favor to you know Jerry Reinsdorf, because Jerry has a good relationship with him, and and so does Gar. Gar's wife, and we might going be going into some personal things here, but <laughs> this has all been written. This has all been written. Um, Gar's wife actually ha- uh, has um, run some of the Bulls charities alongside with. Boylan's wife. And they have a really good buddy to buddy relationship. And it's almost like a, oh, we're really good friends. I'm gonna keep you on because you're my friend and you know, our families are really close kind of deal. And I know it sounds ridiculous for a billion dollar company like the Bulls to be working like that, but it's such an antiquated team in the way that they're run, in the way that they have a scouting department, in the way that they do a lot of their their health and, and their doctors and it's, it's kind of ridiculous, and it's I'm so happy to see just this progression to, you know, the normalcy, I guess, of the NBA.
1: You mentioned- I mean,
2: I'd, I'd like to piggyback on that, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go completely yeah, with yeah. you on the uh, – this is the way it's run top to bottom, but I definitely think that this was uh, Garpax's last stand and yeah. – you know, if they were going to say like we're going to go through like a long coaching hire, eventually people are going to be asking, "Well, what about you guys?" So that so they just kind of took the, the next guy and said, "We like this guy. This is this is our next this is our next guy." And it, it bought him a year or two, but uh, eventually it was a little too much, and the city of Chicago was done with them, and that's why um, you know, even though. Karnasovas and Eversley haven't really done anything up. You know nobody really cares. Everybody just kinda likes the new blood. We you know, we we've as a city have realized that the that the team has been rudderless for years and we're just kind of looking for somebody to you know even even if it just lead us in a direction we i want to see you okay. know maybe it works maybe it doesn't but at least lead us in a direction cuz i mean our team is has talent but i don't know where it's going i don't know what kind of team you're trying to build yeah, yeah. i want to mention
1: about uh, sorry rob about Joe Cowley. we we bring him up a lot on this uh, show
2: website
1: basketball.realgm.com has a, a post from earlier this morning NBA Coaches Association reportedly has, quote, disdain for Bulls. There is a perception problem and when you come from the outside like our tourists did and ever we have, you know that the perception problem is. Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, Dallas coach has made it clear that the disdain the Coaches Association and, and a lot of coaches have for the Bulls and the practices they have towards coaches. The way this quote from Kali, the way they've treated them as commodities for more than three, four decades, the way they fired guys on Christmas Eve, said Kali. This is, I'm just reading this from basketballrealgm.com out today. I want to hear what Most you guys have to say about that.
0: Yeah, so, so that was Skiles. So a few quick things just because I know there's he kind of masks his stuff. You kind of got to know what he's trying to talk about. That was Skiles that they fired on Christmas Eve. Um, and and, what, and the, the people that he's talking about are the big names in the NBA. Guys like the Van Gundys don't like the Bulls organization. They always trash on the Bulls organization because mm-hmm. of some of the friends they have that used to be Bulls coaches. Um, and the other guy that does not like the Bulls organization is Rick Carlisle. He is not a fan of the Chicago Bulls organization yeah and I you know I I wish I could reference some of the different articles that I've read in the past and some of the different comments he said really respectful guy I love Rick Carlisle great guy but he's not the biggest fan of the way they run things for the Bulls
1: well it's 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 just uh the Bulls have been I would argue and I've said this before they have been riding on the coattails of having won championships in the Mm -hmm. 1990s it's been nearly. It's been more than twenty years since they won their last championship. There comes a point where that championship fever t- tends to wear, tends to uh, lose its effect. And yep. I think the Bulls, just the top leadership, was were thinking that you know we can we can go a couple years without winning it. Eh, look, we won six championships in the nineteen nineties. Well, times have changed. It's 2020. It's time to get on. The 1990s have been over for more than 20 years.
2: I think it also has to do with, uh, I mean, the after the titles in the 90s, we decided to break break it up, and then we had like what six seven years of just abysmal play. We were just in the in the desert, and then uh, and then after a while, we caught a good stretch of winning, and I. I think that um, owner the ownership especially is worried about having to repeat a um, having to repeat like a long rebuild, which we're kind of we're stuck we're already in. So I think that's one of the reasons why they were more likely to allow for a tear down of management and. Uh, Restructuring of the front it's, office, which we've
0: needed for a while, like, a long time. We're like twenty years behind the ball, honestly. I different Thanks. Well, Jerry, I'm
2: still a fan of the the, the, the Derrick Rose teams. I th- I think we could have uh, we could have done something there, but once those teams yeah, are right. done. <laughs> You're right. It just feels like you know they didn't have the
0: the cojones to make to, to pull the trigger mm-hmm. when they had to. A lot of those trades that we heard, you know, back that old Kobe trade we heard, you know, or the yeah. old KG trade or the old T Mac trade. I can name so many different uh, potential rumors, and a lot of these players have since come out and validated them and said, yes, I almost went there how D-Wade and LeBron almost teamed up in Chicago. That almost occurred. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw it, but that almost happened. And why didn't it happen? Because they didn't have the management to pull the trigger on those deals. And we didn't get Kobe because Luol Deng. Luol Deng stopped us from getting Kobe because they <laughs> wouldn't trade him. If you could believe that. Just insane things where they, they just don't have the conviction. And that's what you want to see. You're right. You're right. It did help.
2: I mean – the in all fairness, there was a the time where we were going to get Carmelo. That, that probably would have helped
1: yeah. us. Well, he was a yeah, for him. one day. One day. Yeah. Yeah. One day. Yeah. That's true. Before we're being traded. That's true.
0: Let's, it, uh, let's switch gears really quickly, guys. I just had a quick question. I, and I know we talked a lot about upper management. Uh, and, and I did mention, you know, Jim Boylan a little bit. I think his days are numbered. I think mm-hmm. – I think – do you think he gets fired prior to the tournament beginning or do you think it happens as soon as the championship is crowned in October
1: I think I think they I think they'll let them go after the championship gets crowned in in mid October I think they're going to just wait wait this out I think we know what's going to happen I think they just want to keep the suspense alive and just make make us think are we keeping boy Win? are we not they're they're going to I think it'll be when go but I think it's
0: kinda thing yeah I think that's bad. though. That's bad. You don't want you don't want that for your
2: players. No, I agree with that. I think they're going to strike when the iron's hot when they find their guy. Uh, they're they're still doing interviews. I think once uh, once the teams that are in the first or second round are out, because ch- chances are our coach is probably going to come from somewhere around there. Uh, like, you, working with one of these teams, I have a feeling that's when they'll hire their guy. Uh, but, you know, there, there's no pressure. I don't think they're going to wait. I don't think they're going to wait forever because they already know that they need a coach. They're already starting to interview, like, whereas some teams, uh, you know, might fire their coach at um, in the time being. I think the, the Bulls are uh, – they're doing their due diligence now, and uh, they'll, they'll, I think they'll come up with something – relative, within the next month or two. Just just to connect back on something we mentioned, how they fired
0: Scott Skiles on Christmas Eve. I think they don't want to fire Boylan during a pandemic. I think that's a real thing. I know it sounds ridiculous. Too many people it, are unemployed. That's it. And, and it, as ridic- it's- But listen, as ridiculous as it sounds, <laughs> we mentioned the Bulls have a bad rap among the league about stuff like that. Even some players like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's trainer said that um, Gar Foreman, has worse morals than a drug dealer so the idea of the bulls among the league i think is pretty poor and i think what arterius wants to do is kind of reshape that so i think he wants to wait and if i could definitely see him doing it maybe on a quiet friday news dump during this Friday, friday. News i'm now. serious you know you know how those go on a quiet friday news dump they'll fire him and then they'll begin the coaching search in the middle of this tournament that, that's just my guess Prior to the conference finals beginning, I can see
1: that happening. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Keeping low key, low key when 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 no when people are not paying attention, they're paying exactly. attention more to what's going on in the NBA. Yeah. I, I can definitely, I can definitely see that. It's a big decision. I'm telling you, it's a big decision. It's it's a hiring a head coach is for any organization is is a tough decision that requires some thought and evaluation from everything you hear. And especially with the Bulls, because well, the Bulls franchise has been in chaos seemingly for a while. And you, we mentioned about the culture surrounding the Bulls. One of the things that Bulls need to do is they need to change the perception from the outside that other that playing in Chicago is not worth it. They need to change that perception mm-hmm. among, especially some of the stars make a s superstars in this league because perception's often reality. And I think had the Bulls had a better perception from other teams, had for instance Rick Carlisle, you mentioned John Carl about not liking the Bulls. Had the Bulls had a better perception, who knows if the Bulls would have signed some noteworthy free agent in these years that they did not you know, let me sure. throw something
0: else in there. Just, just piggybacking mean, on too, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, the You know, this pandemic might be a saving grace for the Bulls in so many ways. I think a lot of times, and I've heard players say this. I've heard DeAndre Jordan say it in an interview. I heard Matt Barnes say it on his um, his podcast. I think it's called Up in Smoke. I apologize if I mm-hmm. mistake that. Um, they, they didn't want to come to Chicago because of the cold because the, the season starts in October, carries on through the winter, and ends in June. You know, if this pandemic shifts the way that the NBA is played, that could change that. And it could mean potentially that the NBA starts kind of in the spring and cut, carries through the summer and ends in the fall. And that could help. As small and minute as that seems, very few cities in, in – um, very few teams and very few cities in the NBA are – are as profitable as the bulls can be especially in, in, in as fun and lively of a city as chicago is
2: sure but no matter what like you know the the talk that you're talking you're talking about the the um the league starting around like early december and then going to uh through ba- basically like right before the olympics because they need to allow the people to play the olympics um, no matter what we're playing, they're playing in the cold. I don't think that that's going to matter one way or another. Uh, I think that we just need to accept that fact and try to sell people on others. Either that or um, accept that people people will stay once they're here, but maybe it might not. it might, it might be hard to get people in the door. And uh, I'm, I think that that might just be the better way of just trying to get somebody early and get them to stay here because I'm outside of KD and uh, Kyrie going to Brooklyn. I can't really think of a whole lot of players going to a war. Uh, going to cold weather cities. I mean, I guess LeBron going to Cleveland, but that doesn't really count. In which harkens back to my original theory of, I think we need to go after young, young guys with talents and draft players because we need to just get them in the door because rather than small teams that will probably lose, you know, uh, cold weather teams that might draft them and lose their guys, I think we can retain our guys, but uh, it, it's hard to just get them in the door.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. As we prepare to wrap up, do you guys have any potential
1: coaching candidates that you guys are interested in for the Bulls? Well, you and I talking on social media mentioned uh, Adrian Griffin as a potential candidate. He he played in the NBA. He played for the Bulls in in part of, in the midway 2000s. He wasn't. He was kind of a, more of a role player. I think that helps put you in a position where you can see everything and see not just the ups but also the downs. We talked about. We've seen super, former superstars or become head head coaches. Or, or the, I, we talked about that, and it usually doesn't work out that way because you get to see the both the good part of the game and the bad part of the game. You get to study both parts. Whereas you take a guy like Michael Jordan or LeBron James, they're they're one of the best ever in the, in basketball, and they part and, and they probably wouldn't be great candidates just because they saw. There was not much downside from their game. They saw mostly up. You have to see both the up and the down aspects of the game to become a good head coach in sports Dave, what do
2: you think? So... Uh, when I, when we agreed that I was going to jump on this podcast, by the way, I'm, I'm a fan. I just, I, I like Jay's my, he's my friend and I've listened to his podcast and I was like, Hey, I want to jump on this podcast and get on it. And obviously the bulls head coach was a topic. So I, you know, did a little research and I think there's two, the two So I kind of broke it down to like proven guys, assistants, and then, you know, wild cards that I like. The two, I think the Bulls, A, just if I were were doing the hiring, I'd say the Bulls need an adult in the room. And the two that I like in terms of proven guys that can command the locker room and make the team into a professional team are either Kenny Atkinson or Mark Jackson. But, you know, since I'm here, might as well, I might as well throw out a couple names that I actually like that I'd like the Bulls to give a try. I'm gonna give three names. One of them, everyone's trying, and nobody's gonna get Jay right, but I figured the Bulls might as well give a try. But I'm gonna give two more that I like that I think that are good basketball. That's a great name. Let me get, let me tell you, that's a great name. Absolutely. I'm gonna give one, here's one that I always like that never gets, that doesn't get a chance and he screwed it up his first chance. I'd give Derek Fisher another shot. I'm a fan of him. I always think Derek Fisher is a good basketball player. He's a good basketball mind. He he screwed up his first job, but I think that he can carry his championship pedigree into another into uh, coaching. And here's another guy that I always like that I can't believe doesn't get a, a shout out. Who? Cool. Why is it? Why is nobody giving a call to Shane Battier and asking him to coach a team? Because I think Shane –
0: I'll tell you why. They, the Bulls wanted him. Man. What? The Bulls wanted him and Miami would not part with him. They would not – he, He's not doing anything. Was he coaching? Is he like – They value him so good, highly. He's a good basketball mind. They want him to be a GM, though. I don't think they want him to be a
2: coach. That's why. Could be. I mean, listen, if he doesn't want to coach, that's fine. But that's somebody that I would at least uh, – I'd ask for his number. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm it's it's like in sixth. It's like in like sixth grade. You see like the cute girl. You're like, what's your number? You know, you know. <laughs> I mean, you just trying to find uh, out. you sniff around it.
1: I like to throw a name in. Even he's sure. coaching college basketball, but uh, he's playing NBA for many years with the uh, Jawan Howard. He's at Michigan oh, okay. now. But what do you think? Obviously, he he's, he's a. If he had not gone to Michigan, what would you think about him potentially being the Bulls head coach? Even though that's. They're just speculation at this point because he's.
2: Well, he's another guy. I mean, usually, like a a lot of the great coaches, a lot of the great basketball minds are guys that have. Usually uh, kind of role players that have kind of been around a lot of good teams. I mean, you look at like the Rick Carlisles and Danny Ainge's, you know, you'd be amazed at how many like team, how many good teams Danny Ainge has been on. And there's no, it makes sense that he built, he's built a lot of good teams. So I, I mean, yeah, I think that uh, Juwan Howard was, was like started off with the Fab Five. He was on like a lot of the, Good teams in Dallas, Miami. Yeah, I I would like to see him get a get a try. Definitely, definitely. You,
1: you mentioned about you mentioned about Derek Fisher potentially. Obviously, mm-hmm. he coached with the with the Knicks. Obviously, the, the Knicks are in a in the shambles right now. So it, it, it is really anyone anyone who's it, anyone who's in that organization basically It in it, 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 it. One person said it's like a steaming pile of Knicks basketball, as a as joke, as, as joke went. But I, I think Dirk Fisher potentially is, is, a, is a good one because he, he played on the Lakers in those years uh, when they won three straight. He was, a, he was a role player, a common theme. He's a potential sure. candidate as well. I don't think his failures in New York should rule him out for being in Chicago.
2: I think I think it's ruling them out for a lot of teams. Like I said, I, the two I'd point to is probably Kenny Atkinson and Mark Jackson. That's who I put my yeah. money on. I, I, I believe you. I'm completely. If I put my money
0: on 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 a guy, it's probably going to be um, Atkinson. I really. That's who I really think. I oh, would, really? Uh, okay. Um, but but that's not who I'd like. Let me give you somebody that one of my friends, uh, my our buddy Marcos, put me on to. Um, uh, Adrian Griffin. He really put me on to Adrian Griffin. Uh, and He's really swayed me. Um, you know, uh, apparently he studied uh, in college, um, like, people management skills. And he's really good with people. The guy's NBA vet, uh, played in the league for many years, played uh, with the Bulls, you know, played mm-hmm. in Toronto, played all over the place. Um, you know, really, really good people person and and somebody that I've heard about of being a coach for a few years now um that's I've one. i heard that too yeah yeah i was always um, wondering
2: because i've always heard that he's a good coach and i would see yeah. him next to a bunch of coaches but i've never understood because you know i remember adrian griffin the player and i was never super impressed i never thought like oh that guy it seems like he knows what he's doing, but – um, I felt yeah. the same about Juwan Howard. He's a good uh, coaching candidate. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I felt the same about Juwan Howard. Let me give you another name that I know we've heard in circles for many years. Uh, Becky Hammond, another one. I think yeah. uh, may have been mentioned, but Becky Hammond's another was on one. my list. Yeah, and then finally, um, a guy that I know you might be a fan of, Dave, is uh, Dave Yeager. I think uh, that's another mm-hmm. one that's just out there, sitting out there. Good X and coach. Got a raw deal the last time. Um, he was coaching, I think he was coaching for the Jazz before he got uh, – Sacramento. Sacramento. Sacramento, sorry, Sacramento. Uh, before, he, before he left there. But uh, it's just another guy who – who Memphis, right? Wasn't he in Memphis before Sacramento?
2: I think so. I believe so. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I want to say that he was like a, he was a good coach. He's like proven, but like, he, he like clashes with management. That's the thing. And it, this is new management,
0: so sure. it's, it's a little different. But you know, those are just a few names, uh, a
1: few of the names. Uh, before we wrap up, anything else you guys want to throw in? Well, to to comment, you mentioned Becky Hammond, who's a believe, assistant head coach with the San Antonio Spurs. I think she will definitely be a head coach someday. I'm not sure here in Chicago. I think maybe in a a smaller market, I think, is where she's probably going to go. Because it's one thing to go to – Oklahoma City, but it's another thing to go to Chicago. Chicago is the third biggest market in America, and I, I think that some of these athletes, whether there's athletes, coaches, they've had success in other cities. They come to Chicago, but they have failed. And the thing is, being in, say, like Chicago versus Oklahoma City or take, pick your other mid-sized city, it's a different animal being in Chicago versus Oklahoma City. I'm not saying she's not up to it, but I think yeah, if I if I have two cents on it, I think uh, I think nice. Becky Hammond will be assist will be a coach somewhere in a smaller market. I'm not sure Chicago though.
2: Yeah, I um, I'm not even going to say about Chicago or the market or anything. I just um, I mean, you know, granted, like this is three guys talking about this, but. I don't know if the Bulls have the right uh, structure to facilitate the first female, co- female head coach in the NBA. You know, let me,
0: let me say something real quick off that. Um, there was a lot of clamoring for the Bulls to hire a black GM or a black president they of did. operations. They did. because, And, and I'm not saying that Eversley got the job because of that. No, absolutely but, not. But, but but that was definitely something. So it's definitely in Carnesecca's um, mind, uh, mm-hmm. he, and he's, he definitely seems like the kind of guy who wants to be a trailblazer. And sure. You know, anyway, so I—I I understand your point, Ryan. But it would not surprise me if he, you know, came out of left field and, and and hired somebody like Hammond. Who, you know, what what better way to learn how to be a coach than to be under Pop? Let's be real. I know Boylan was there, but that didn't really work. But something about Becky Hammond has always intrigued me, something about, about her coaching. And I know, you know, she's a woman, and, and hopefully the players will respect her, but I, I think it's past it. These are professionals. They know better, you know. It's a it's, uh-huh. it's ball game at that point. Um, but really, guys, we're going to wrap up. We hope you enjoyed Episode 5 of the B Red Podcast. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and Stitcher. Well, my partner Ryan Hackman, our <laughs> special guest David Cohen. My nice
2: to have yeah, back. Yeah, back. yeah, he'll definitely be back. back come be come back. on, yeah. No I'm gonna be studying. I'm, I'm literally gonna be studying for the bar, you know, in the weeks ahead. So yeah. if you want to pull me away and just get my That's thoughts. Happy to happy to pop in. That's a big,
1: yeah, we big deal. We good work on that.
2: Yeah, no, on for heads. sure. We definitely will. But again,
0: for my partner Ryan Hackman, our special guest. David Cohen, who will definitely be back for more episodes. My name is Giancarlo Campos, and we'll see you next time.